The following podcast is sponsored by Structure Tech. Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. As always, your three legged stool coming to you from the Northland, talking all things houses, home inspections, and anything else that's rattling around in our heads. Well, on today's episode, what we wanted to do is deconstruct Tessa a little bit. She's She is in charge of our training process. And we were just talking about this hiring cycles ago. We instituted a new training process where modules were introduced for learning about houses. People went out into the field in a different way than they had ever gone out before. And Tessa's just kind of winding down the fourth group of, of trainees to go through. And you really wanted to just pick your brain test and see how things are going with it. You know, yeah. what have you learned? You know? <laughs> oh my gosh, where do we start? Where what have we learned? We've learned so much. I mean, from the first, like you said, the first round, we actually we hired one person. This was back in 2020. Ruben, you remember this? We hired we had Pete Anderson and he started and then right as soon as he started the pandemic hit yep. and it shut everything down. And since that point in time, we've hired basically three other groups of people to go through this training program. And it has changed and we learned so much from each group that have gone through the training process. And I think we've been, you know, we've been improving it and tweaking it. But you asked me this before, Bill, right before the podcast, and I was, I was trying to articulate kind of some of the most important things I've learned. One of the most important things has been understanding how important it is to hire the right person. And in order for someone to succeed at this and, you know, kind of fit what we're looking for at Structure Tech, they have to be someone who is curious, wanting to learn, willing to learn and humble and and hardworking, too. And if if they check those boxes, then we can work with them. This just makes me chuckle. I, I just recently finished listening to a book called The Ideal Team Player. I think it's by Patrick Lencioni. Mm-hmm. And the whole book could really be distilled down to what you want to look for in, in a new hire is almost exactly what you just said, Tess. <laughs> <laughs> and you haven't even read this book, have you? If you no, have, I haven't. Plagiarizing him. No. <laughs> I, I haven't, but I, I could vouch for what he said in his book then. Well, well, it, that because it's so close. And the three they say in this book is humble, hungry, and smart. Yes. So it, that is so, so very similar. It's almost uh, exactly what you just said. Maybe a yeah. little different words, but that's yeah. it. I just had to interject with that. Sorry. I want to ask why you think humility is such an important part of this. Okay. I can say that we have hired people in the past and the people who did not make it through the training process lacked humility. They thought that they already knew how to do it. They had a better way to do it. They would not spend the time learning how we do it. And they wouldn't ask questions. They would make this assumption that they already knew how things were supposed mm-hmm. to go. And the training process was a mess. It, it just yeah. didn't work out well for them. And, and it's, it's always the people who are not humble who didn't make it through training. Yeah. And to add to that too, I think as a home inspector, there is a liability that we don't discuss a lot in this industry of being too cocky, of pretending that you know the answer to everything. And you can really get into trouble if you say something to a client or put something in a report that may not be factually correct. And so one of the things that we, you know, train our inspectors on, it's like, okay, we're giving you all this information. 
We're teaching you how to look at a, at a house, how to report on it, how to talk to a client, but it is, it is always okay if you don't know the answer to everything. And if you articulate that to your client, because in my personal experience, you know, of, of doing inspecting, I think you get a lot more trust and respect from your client if you can answer them honestly and say, you know, this is something that I haven't seen before. I haven't seen a lot of, and I want to make sure that I'm telling you the correct information. And so I will get back to you on that, or I'll follow up with you on that. And it's very disarming to say that to somebody. And if you have an inspector who doesn't acknowledge that they may not know something, they're creating additional liabilities for you when they go out in the field. Yes. Pretending to know something that they don't or saying something that may not be true. And how do you unteach that? It's interesting. One of the great people in my life who I learned a lot from many, many years ago, Ray Hinch was his name. Ray's a great guy, passionate guy. And he was showing me the ropes in the back of the, the operating room one day. And he said, don't you ever answer a question you don't know the answer to. He said, yeah. you say, you say one second and I'll get that answer for you. And he said, better yet, learn your product and know all the answers and like go through every possible scenario that you might need. But don't you ever say that you have the answer to something that you don't. Uh, I've I've never forgotten that. It it is great advice. And and one of the things that we, you know, we work on building here at Structure Tech is just a, you know, a helpful team environment where people feel safe asking questions. And we use Facebook, we use Basecamp, but we've got these different internal communication platforms where inspectors can post questions. And you don't ever have to worry about being berated or put down or made to look like an idiot for not knowing the answer to something. You will get a supportive, helpful response. And it makes everybody on our team that much stronger of an inspector and that much more knowledgeable if we can all just learn from each other. And so we encourage that, you know, with our trainees, it's like, it's okay if you don't know what something is, or you're not sure about it, you know, post this picture, ask the question of the team, text somebody, call me, call, you know, call anyone and we'll help you through it. Because to this day, you know, I'm still learning something new every time I'm out at a house or an inspection, like there's never a point in time where I'll, where I'll have the answer to everything. And we don't want people, you know, our inspectors that we're hiring to think that we do. You know, Tess, that makes me think of something. And Bill, I don't know if this is appropriate for me to throw this out on a podcast or not. You're the host of the show and you're <laughs> and you're the genius behind this new project that we're working on. So maybe, maybe you won't want me talking about this, but what about our open access calls that we're doing for real estate agents? So real estate agents can ask those questions now. Can I promote that here, Bill? I would love to see 150, 250, 500 agents a week showing up just to ask questions and expand their knowledge of houses. I did have the idea, but I don't run it on a regular basis. I I sometimes am able to help out, but creating a safe environment for people to learn is, it's hard to set it up because everybody's a little guarded at first, but once the communication really starts happening, there's something really special that begins to take place. And then all of a sudden you have this thing that open access becomes less of that and more of a community. And, and when it gets good, as, as we've seen through some other forums where we've done similar things, people will be direct chatting with each other and, and you get a lot of just back and forth and you learn from other people's experiences in a way that it's not threatening, you know, and that's one of the rules of, 
and jumping into that environment is you don't get to tear anybody down. It's not allowed. And so everybody can ask what they want. It's a safe place. We don't record it. So there's nothing that's going to, there's no gotchas anywhere in, in the future. So you just get to learn. And well, well, and let's back up a step, Bill. What is it? Well, open access is the, the thought process behind it is once a week for an hour, we bring together three or four people from the team at Structure Tech and just make the inspectors who are able to join that hour. They'll answer any question that any real estate agent has about anything in a house. Nothing's off the table. If you want to learn about houses, the whys behind some of these mechanical things or what alerted me to the bigger problem when I saw that stain there, you know, that's what we're hoping to do is just really to bring people in and, and be able to learn because I think there's a lot of, not confusion, but sometimes people don't always understand the why and it gives them, gives uh, real estate agents to maybe understand a little more why be, behind what home inspectors do. So this is, this is a one hour Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. open access for real estate agents here in the Twin Cities. And the people answering the questions are home inspectors at Structure Tech. We moderate the calls. And when when are we doing these now? Tuesdays from one to two. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it turn into a massive thing. But the conversations that we have, I think would be appropriate for any real estate agent who's selling houses, probably in a similar climate zone that that we live in because our experiences are based on the extremes of Minnesota, the hot, the cold, all that. You know, we see the houses through that particular lens, but I would hope that any agent who wanted to jump on would certainly jump on and ask some questions. But there's a lane that we drive in, and I think the lane we drive in is sort of a in, in this northern climate. And so if a real estate agent wanted to jump on one of these, how do they do it? Do they got to send us an email and then we send them an invite? If you want to know, just call the office 952-915-6466. They will connect you with Lisa. Lisa can get them hooked up for the Zoom link. So okay. she sends out a link once a week, a reminder link that, hey, open access is going to be on. And you know, we're, we're four weeks into this, five weeks into us. So just like Tessa's learning with the training, we're learning. So once a week, it's, it's, there's a note that's sent out mm-hmm. that it's on. So for real estate agents, if you want to get hooked up, you can call our office or they could always just send an email to the generic email address for our office. And then Lisa can get back to them, right? Yeah, totally. I, okay. I'll plead the fifth on, on the communication on the back end of the sausage making. But um, <laughs> if you ask the office, they'll tell you how to get on. <laughs> cool. All right, cool. And we'll put a link to that email address in our show notes as well. All right. Well, I want to get back to Tessa because she had, I know we're through the modules now. And, All right, and sorry, sorry. Total yeah, sidetrack. Tangent alert. I um, know I'm the worst. Tess, you guys just got done with 10 weeks of module training. So learned about houses, chimneys, plumbing, all that good stuff. And now you, you took the new class out into the field and you guys yeah. have been doing inspections on houses. What does it look like at this point in the process? Yeah, I'm sure we've talked about this on previous podcasts. So if anyone wants to hear more about our training program, we have at Structure Tech, they can check out that earlier podcast we recorded. But what we've tried to do is kind of break down a house into different systems and focus on those systems through the modular training and Mm -hmm. kind of take it system by system. And there's a ton of reading that they have to do, some studying, classroom time that I've developed curriculum for that we go through together. And then they also go out into the field during that period of time. And once we've completed that, then what we do is we take them out into the field and we try to put all of those different pieces together 
and see the house more holistically and go through our home inspection process that we have at Structure Tech from top to bottom, inside to outside, putting all these different systems we've learned about together. And so we do just a bunch of kind of what we call mock inspections. And it's also an opportunity for them to really practice um, using our report writing software while they're inspecting. They've kind of played around with it week to week on each system before, but now they're actually inspecting something and putting it into the report writing software while they're there moving through the house. And so it's practicing the flow of everything, practicing the timing, practicing the actual art of inspecting and the software. So it's a lot of stuff kind of coming together at once. And it can get, as you can imagine, it can get completely overwhelming. Pretty you know, wide eyes during, yeah, during those yeah. first few mock inspections. For sure. After we get through this week or two of doing these mock inspections with them, kind of depending on where they're at and their comfort level with everything, then the next step is we'll send them out with inspectors we have on our team who are involved with the training process and they'll basically kind of be their mentors while they fine tune everything and we get them to the point where they're ready to go out on their own. Can we just focus in on this mock time? Where are you getting these houses and I, what does it look like? Yeah. Well, I'd be yeah. curious for you because you're an observer at this point, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're helping them understand what do you think is the greatest challenge for folks at this stage of the game? Oh, that's a great question too. Well, I think one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of the people that we that we hire are very detail oriented people, which is a it's a good thing. If you're going to be a home inspector, to be able to to look at these little pieces and these details and see them and report on them. But when you are learning about home inspection, the details can get overwhelming because you have to know the details on plumbing, the details on electrical, the details on on structure and framing and roofing and siding and windows and water management and and heating and and cooling and all these different systems. And as you can imagine, there's like thousands of data points that your brain is trying to see and think about and calculate. And so, like I said before, when we get into these kind of these mock inspections, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. And so I think one of the biggest challenges that I see the, you know, the new inspectors dealing with is how to kind of take a step back and put it all together. And so that's the key. And I, I love I think that's probably my favorite part of the whole training process is helping them look at the house as a, as a system and see the big picture and think critically. Okay. So we're seeing all these little different pieces of what's going on. Let's put it together. Let's take a step back. What does this actually mean? What's going on here? And, and let's put it into some context too, right? You know, you can go through a house and you can see a, you know, a whole house humidifier, on the furnace and you can see dark staining in the attic and you can see condensation staining on the windows and you can report on all that stuff. But let's take a step back and and let's think about the house as a system. And and here's kind of my little building science, you know, rant for the day. But really it's it's about, you know, heat, air, moisture flow in a house. And we've got all these sources of moisture. We've got a whole house humidifier that could be producing a lot of humidity. We've got attic bypasses that are allowing that moisture to get up into the attic and we can see all the condensation on the windows and the staining. And so really, you know, what does this mean to whoever's buying this house? Well, I would say, you know, monitor your humidity levels in the house. Here are some things you can do to help prevent the moisture from causing problems, air seal the attic and, you know, reduce the humidity 
add ventilation if you need to keep your blinds up in the winter, remove the screens and help them kind of understand what these symptoms mean. This is going above and beyond really, you know, the ASHI SOP, but I try to help our inspectors look at all these little things and be able to take a step back and see the big picture. Sure. So you, you've got all of that rattling around in your brain, but only a few words are coming out that are going to give a clear picture that this isn't an issue. That's not an issue. It's just, if it continues to go on this way, it will mm-hmm. become an issue. Here's yeah. what I'm seeing. And so yeah. it just cleaning up that communication seems like would be a real challenge as a teacher, getting the student to understand leave it at that or take it all in, understand it all, but don't communicate it all because you're going to crush somebody's dream of owning a house. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And for example, just one of the houses we were at today looking at was a 1985 built house. You know, let's just say that it, it wasn't very well taken care of. And there were some other things going on there too, not just kind of lack of maintenance and care, some other bigger issues going on there. But you know, our inspectors are in training are very detail-oriented. They, they're not wanting to miss a single thing. And they're noticing that the windows have lots of issues. Original, you know, casement windows in this house, wood frame. And, you know, one of them was asking the question, well, you know, I can't find this comment that I'm seeing this defect here. And I can't remember, maybe it was, you know, condensation staining or, or rot or something like that. And, and uh, it, there was certainly rot in that 1985 house with those windows. I can definitely <laughs> rot happening, you know, and I thought, well, this is the, you know, a question that leads to kind of a bigger discussion of how do you report on something when you've got, let's just say you've got all these issues happening with windows. Are we going to call out 20 of these defects on windows all separately and have a report that has like five pages dedicated to, to the window defects that we see either the crank outs not working the window itself is rotted, failed seals, you know, dark staining, chipping, peeling paint, broken glass, or are we going to condense all these things that we're seeing into one comment and say, you know, here are all the defects we see that are include, but not limited to these things, boom, 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 throw in all the pictures and then recommend that these windows ultimately probably need to be replaced. Yeah. <laughs> instead of, instead of having 20 recommendations for repairs, you just say, look, here's the big picture. Yeah. Pretty bad condition. Conditions include, but aren't limited to. Yes. Consider having them replaced. Like, yes. Yeah. And I think that's one that's comment. The, yes. And that's, and like you said before, Ruben, it's what did it, what did you say? Click versus clump? <laughs> yeah. Clicking versus clumping. And yes. Clicking. It's like we, we've got software where we've got canned comments for just about all of these conditions. You can click a box. Mm-hmm and say the windows where there was cracked windows, there was condensation, mm-hmm. there was cranks, like all these things you just listed. And we could just click a whole bunch of different comments. But then this is actually Bill's term he used many years ago, clicking versus clumping. Clumping would be you take all of these conditions and you just write a custom comment in your report mm-hmm. saying, I found all this stuff and yeah. here's what you ought to do about it. Instead of having somebody yeah. read through 10, 12, 20 comments individually. That would yeah. be called clumping. And I, I might say this is this is like advanced report writing is yes. what I would call this. And it's what we're trying to teach our home inspectors to do the day they go out and do their first home inspection. <laughs> yeah. Not 
rely on generic checkboxes found in home inspection report writing software, but take it to the next level and learn how to write your own custom reports and steal some of the language that's already in our software. But Mm -hmm. we're teaching them how to write good, solid, easy to read, helpful reports, not Mm -hmm. not these generic looking checkbox things. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Well, I think that's an industry problem. It, people are concerned about speed and it's easy to click and, and to go, but to be an effective communicator is something entirely different. When the greats do it, it's like watching an, an amazing quarterback or Wayne Gretzky who went to where the puck is going to be instead of, you know, just all of that diagnosing that takes place and it comes out in this tight little sentence. Creating that in a person who's doing this sort of work takes time. And I, I, I laugh when I hear other home inspectors say, well, we train for 30 days or 60 days. And I just, well, great. Good luck to you. I mean, I'd, I'd put somebody who tests the trains up against anybody in this country. And I, I can just about guarantee they're communicating on a, on a level that's just far superior. Thanks, Bill. I wish I could take the credit, but really it comes back to, again, you know, the person that we're hiring and like Ruben, like you said, with that book, you know, intelligence is one of them. And we've got a lot of really smart people on our team who are able to take in all this information and process it and put it together and, and deliver, you know, an accurate inspection and communicate it clearly to people. So it just kudos to the people that have, you know, that are part of the team and have been through our training process. I know it's not easy, but they're all extremely hardworking, very intelligent people and they're doing great inspections. It allows Ruben to sleep well at night, right? You don't have <laughs> it to. <does. laughs> it does. No. We joke. I mean, it's it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I think that that goes for this business as well yeah. as any business or any part of life, right? You can yeah. regurgitate a bunch of details and yeah. confuse them, or you can be like, okay, here's, here's what matters. And, Ex- uh, yeah, exactly. You know, and part of this whole, the modular learning is like, okay, we got to teach you these thousands of data points of like what could be wrong and how it should be. So you can identify these things. But then this part of the training is more of the, I think it's like the more artistic side of things where it's not always white or wrong. We actually have these discussions after, you know, we're going through the house and, and I guess during the mock inspections of, okay, what are we seeing here? What does that mean? And then at the end, how would you explain this to a client? What would you say, right? Summarize for me what your takeaway has been from this inspection. And I like to kind of break it down with them too. It's like, okay, once we finish the exterior, let's recap. What are the, what are the takeaways from the exterior? Once we finish the interior, what are the takeaways? You know, and then we've kind of built up this like kind of a priority cliff note version of these thousands of different data points that we're seeing and documenting while we're there. That's the part I think that that's the hardest to do and takes the most experience and time to be able to go through a house, see all these problems and put it into context and summarize it clearly and concisely to the buyer, to the client. So we're practicing that now. And you're almost to the peak of Mount Everest right now in terms of learning. And then a couple more weeks where you begin that, you know, descent back to base camp. Yeah. Is it, I mean, you laugh about this and I know it's a lot of work, but it, it must be a little bit like raising children to a certain degree. And that's with all due respect to everybody involved in this process. It's, it's, it's not a simple process. It takes a lot of brain power to yeah. well, follow I, I'm through not this. A, I'm not a parent, but I have, res- I have respect for parents. And I, I just the way that my parents raised me too, it's like, you know, we can give you the tools 
to be a successful person, but you know, we're going to let you be who you are. And that's kind of what we're doing at structure tech. It's like here, here's the foundation for how you can inspect a house successfully and what you can do. But once we give you those tools, then it's up to you to kind of use them. And so we're, we're shaping these inspectors to kind of think the way, think critically, be curious, put things into context. And then we have to send them out there and allow them to do that. And it's, it's, it's more than just a simple checkbox that they're doing when they're going through the house. It's way more than that. And that's why this training process, you know, takes longer. I'm, I'm glad you're doing it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just so funny because you get into this business and I know you got in and you were inspecting and then there was this, this itch to teach and it feels like you fell into a really good spot here. And, and I, I, I can just about imagine that everybody who comes out of training is happy that they had you kind of help through the process. So my apologies to the the people like, uh, thank you, Pete, for being our guinea pig. And for all the other people who have been through this training process as as it's evolved, we've learned a lot, but it really is. It it feels like we're, you know, we as home inspectors kind of speak a different language and we have to learn how to, you know, translate our language for these, for our clients. And how do we do that effectively? And that that's really what, what we're doing. We're coming in, we're, we're reading the house in one language, and then we're speaking it communicating it in a different language, you know, concisely. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. And I I think there's so many, there's such a need for people who can translate this language. There's so many, so many people out there buying houses that don't know anything about their houses and really putting a lot of trust in us, you know, for the biggest decision of their life, know what they're getting. And so I, I take that very seriously. And I think everybody on the team that that's a part of this company really ultimately, you know, they care about their clients and they want to be able to help them make that decision. That's right for them. Yeah. That critical point. You're here. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And soon a couple more chicks will be uh, getting pushed out of the nest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Have to fly through a a busy summer season and uh, catch their breath next Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's awesome. I, I think maybe we should put a wrap on on this, but uh, it's fun to see everybody again after a long layoff. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it very much, and we hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, everybody. You've been listening to Structure Talk, a Structure Tech presentation. My name is Bill Ulrich, alongside Tessa Murray and Ruben Saltzman. Thanks for listening. For more information on how we can provide you with the right information about your home before you buy or sell, contact us at StructureTech.com.